You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front, but that usually means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers. Make way for Dark Helmet. All rise in the presence of Dark Helmet. Every week, I'll be talking with leaders in and out of F3, including regular appearances from my shared leadership team. If I'm going to do this, I'll need my news team at my side. News team, assemble! We're here for candid conversations, to answer questions from around F3 Nation, to pontificate wildly, teach leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. And we're back. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the 43 Feet Podcast. I am your host, Frank Schwartz, also known as Dark Helmet and uh, president of F3 Nation. And I, I'm pretty excited about today's uh, podcast. And, and I just want to say before we, we get to the guest, I think that the, the stuff that this guy studies and talks about, has written a book about, uh, and you know, goes around the, the country teaching uh, companies is probably one of the most critical pieces of any organization. Uh, and it's something that I'm super focused on and, and almost obsessed with, with regard to uh, companies, because that's part of what I help people do as well, but mostly with regard to F3 um, and our culture because that's what he focuses on. It's organizational culture. Um, and culture doesn't mean, as, and we'll get into this in just a minute, culture doesn't mean you know, a pool, pool table in the break room, right? It doesn't mean you know, uh, a ping pong table or whatever, like, oh, we have beanbag chairs. That's not culture, right? That, that may be an outgrowth or an outcropping of the culture that you have. It may be something that's visual that you can say, oh, they value their employees and they trust them to use their time wisely or something like that, right? It, it may be an outcropping, but that is not, uh, culture. And so sometimes organizations think to themselves, you know what we'll do? We'll have kind of a cool, fun thing. Uh, and that will be, you know, that will make our culture better. So we're going to talk about uh, what that means, what culture really is, and how we can maybe do some things in F3 to make our individual regional cultures better, our overall culture as an organization better, uh, and all those kinds of things. So I'm joined today by award-winning brand strategist, educator, and a best-selling author of the book, Great Mondays. Uh, and as I mentioned, Josh, he's on a mission to help organizations design workplace culture that can help uh, do things like maximize retention, improve performance, get more engagement, right? And so we're going to talk about his his six-part culture code uh, that's in the book and and all the other things that he has to share with us. Please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Josh Levine. Hey, hey. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. I, I, I've been pretty stoked and, uh, as I mentioned, excited to, uh, to talk to you uh, about all this stuff because it's something that I you know, am marginally obsessed with as well. Um, it, you know, we often say that our organization, especially because we're very decentralized in terms of its authority structure and its organizational structure, right? So there's just a teeny bit of centralized stuff that happens at the national level, but then really all the hard work gets done locally. And so for us to maintain that culture in a group of volunteers, you know, <laughs> that's sort of loosely banded together, with some, yep. you know, duct tape and chewing them can be, uh, can be challenging, can be challenging. So um, <clears throat> why don't you tell everybody first kind of, you know, what got you on this path? You didn't wake up one morning when you were eight and you were like, it's either fireman or organizational culture specialist. Right? Right. So kind of, how did you get here? 
Exactly. Um, <clears throat> I uh, so as you mentioned in your in your intro, I'm actually come from the world of brand and brand strategy, and I spent the early years of my career as a brand strategist. And <clears throat> really, the the central role of a brand strategist is to help organizations identify and communicate a brand promise. So, what is it you're going to do for your customer? What I realized after working on this for um, a bunch of years, almost 10 years, that a lot of these organizations were not prepared to deliver on these promises. So they would end up being empty promises. And that led me right to this concept of how, how or, or, or identifying the gap. How do you help these companies deliver on the, on the promise? And the, and the, the answer is plain, which is it's the employees. And the employees are the ones that are doing this, but often in this brand work, they were left out. <clears throat> so it only took, uh, 10 years of hitting my head on the wall and a, <laughs> Uh, and a, a, a you know a financial crisis and no no job to speak of to uh, help me form this concept and I I often <clears throat> tell my kind of my origin story as I had you know I had this moment where I was looking you know it was a job search but during the financial crisis uh, housing crisis of 2007 2008 it be quickly became um not a job search but a soul search because nobody was really hiring so i was like what is it i want to do i had to define it for myself and really it came down to what i now know is uh called culture company culture i didn't know it at that time i didn't know what it was called but that's really what i wanted to focus on i wanted to help more people be happier in their lives and i believe deeply in the power of business and um if we spend the majority of our waking hours with in communication uh, with and doing work for uh, our coworkers, uh, we better make it worthwhile. And so I think there's a big opportunity uh, in that um, realm to really help organizations um, identify what it is that they do and help employees do um, help to identify the employees that want to do that and help them bring them along. And the goal and then the the outcome is um employees who are uh find more purpose and meaning in their work um, and therefore are more engaged and can be more productive and and uh, companies can deliver more handily on their on their brand promise and their value proposition and uh ultimately improve the bottom line so that's kind of my pitch for a uh, big high level pitch for culture and how i got here very good. Okay. And so uh, we were talking about it right before we hit record uh, that Josh may be my, um, like my professional spirit animal or something uh, because there's, there's just so much that, that, you know, he, he's looking at and saying this, this is what needs to happen. And, and really the, the, the path I'm taking myself personally is very, very similar in a sense that, you know, I'm looking at all these clients I worked with and I was like, my gosh, this is a mess. And the real problems aren't the problems that you think you're solving you know, you're, you're trying to solve X, Y, and Z problem, but really the problem is way before that. It's way back in the depth somewhere where you're not treating your people well, or you're not doing the things that will get you the, the world-class results that you want. You, you just keep looking at balance sheets and, you know, P and L's and start, you know, well, how do we maximize this or how do we shave, you know, whatever. Right. And it's not all about returns. It's about the, it's about the people. So 
you know, we were saying, uh, I don't remember if now if we said it before or after uh, we, we hit record, but in a decentralized structure like F3, our culture is, is kind of in a way it's all we have. I mean, you know, I, I can't, mm. I have no authority to go. <laughs> That's know, right. That's right. To, That's exactly you know, revoke right. Someone's, uh, you know, charter or something like that. Right. So we feel like we've done an okay job and but you mentioned brand promises. Is that kind of the same thing as mission? Um, a little different. <clears throat> mission is, um, how you will achieve your goal. Um, uh, a vision, ultimate goal. Vision, vision is what the what the world will look like when you succeed. So, mm. mission is how you will get there, and purpose is why you're in business. So, those are three very different things. Brand promise that is the value that you promise to deliver to your customers, or some might say community. So in this case, and what you're talking about, really interesting, is I believe the constraints that all organizations will face in the future, this idea of, of a community. So what is the promise? When you buy this product, when you join this club, yeah. when you um, decide to um, engage with this service, what does it do for me? And that, that is ultimately the, 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 the kind of the simple answer to what a brand promises. And so what I will, what I, what I, what I'm find fascinating and what I think this is the perfect example of is that, um, <clears throat> culture is in fact inspiring people to make better choices and better, i.e. better means, um, choices that support the goal, the purpose of the organization. What are you trying to do? Mm. And while culture is very powerful for for-profit companies, because I pay you money, and in that agreement, I there is there is an inherent contract. I will do these things for you, uh, and so it's more likely that you'll listen to somebody. But in a decentralized community um, of which you are describing, the only motivator is the intrinsic, the intrinsic desire of the members and the community to achieve a goal. I think that's actually the ideal, uh, hmm. the ideal scenario, because if you get it right, that is really, even if you're getting paid, that is really what is going to be motivating you. And that's what I, I, I think it's almost like exercising with weights, right? If you strap, strap on the ankle weights, um, you're, you are, if you're a for-profit enterprise, it's the goal would be, how do I get these people, even if I didn't pay them, how would I get them to do the kind of work that, that we need them to do? Mm -hmm. And that's inspiring them by describing what that purpose is and then establishing what the rules of the road are. Uh, when you say rules of the road, how do you, how do you like in a, in a profit organization, is that just sort of our collected, you know, the employee handbook or what? It's the values. It's ah. the values of an organization. So purpose is your North star. It's the top of the mountain. It's the peak. It's the big inspirational goal that maybe you'll never achieve, but man, it makes your heart flutter. Uh -huh. And values are the three to five guardrails that identify the most important things to 
help people make the good decisions. It's the three to five most important things that you're gonna that you are gonna work on for the next three to five years that is gonna make the biggest difference for your organization, whatever that goal might be. So that's the rules of the road. That's the power of values. Now, values have not always been described like this or they've been described like this but not delivered on and most organizations have very banal values where they're kind of the a uh, very low bar, let's say integrity uh, <laughs> might be one, <laughs> um, right? What's the opposite? Like you need to have a People choice, well, it's like a, a strategic mm, okay. choice. You're like, of course it's freaking integrity. You know, it's like, you know, that's what we hope to hire for. So right, right. Um, when I work with my clients to define values, I help them prioritize. What are the things? Yeah, of course, there's a million things you could do, but what are the three to five most important things that we're going to work on together? And those are defined by behaviors and choices. And that if there's one thing that I want your listeners to walk away from, if there's only one thing you take away is that culture is all about making choices. It's all about behaviors. And that is why this is so important because ultimately in a world where things are decentralized or hybrid or distributed um, and moving extremely fast, there is no manager Right, like that. It, it's oh, yeah. like you, you, it is hard to if, be. A if manager. you can't help somebody manage themselves, then you got some problems. You're no longer this like hub of you know um, uh, circuitry of like yes, no, you know, go here, go here. Mm -hmm. You know, you as a you have to be able to define in the biggest, broadest possible terms what is it we're trying to do, what are the rules, and how are we going to get there, and then boom, allow them to go. And that, and that to me is, is the ideal of yeah. what we're hoping to, hoping to achieve. Yeah. The way we, we say it a lot is, um, that we, we try to teach the correct principles and then allow the men to govern themselves and, and beautiful. And it's the best we can do. Right. And so, that's right. We, you know, for us, we have a, a mission statement, uh, and then we have kind of our five core principles and then we have a, what we call our credo or a rallying cry to kind of, sure. you know, behind that. Right. Principle, and, uh, maybe your principles are your values. I don't really care if you call them values. I'm trying to define sure. them, you know, as best yeah, as possible, yeah. but, um, sure. I've seen, you know, credo and principles and laws and rules and whatever it is, but the, but the definition is still the same, which is these are, these are the, the rules we live by and it helps guide our, us ourselves and, and our teams. And so if I'm so, and, and I kind of get that, uh, you know, at a national level, right. It's easy for us to say, you know, our, our mission is to plant, grow and serve small men's workout groups in order to invigorate male community leadership. Right. Boom. Sustained that that's it. Right. And we have our five core principles, you know, that we, that we live by it's free. You know, every, every FT workout is always free. It's open to all men. It's outdoors, rain or shine, heat or cold. It's, peer led in a rotating fashion with no training or certification necessary. And it always ends in what we call a circle of trust, which is uh, simply, a, you know, it's a, a place guys mm -hmm. get in the circle at the end of the workout and share, mm -hmm. you know, kind of what's on their hearts, what's, what's bugging them, mm -hmm. you know, what might be going on in their day and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. And so, and then outside of that, oh, then the, the credo is, you know, that we leave no man behind, but we leave no man where we found him. Right. So there's always this, this idea of continuous improvement kind of baked in there. And so with that, at the national level, I can say those things. Right. And I didn't come up with them, but, um, you know, our, our founder, Dave Redding came up with all that stuff. Cause he's a genius. Sure. Uh, he's listening. So that's why I say those things. <laughs> <Feel good. laughs> I Dave. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, but you know, 
we we say those things at a national level but here i am i'm uh i'm you know joe joe smith and i live you know in uh in kansas city kansas you know and i'm going uh but how does that apply to my local mm. group so how would how would a local leader or a smaller piece of an organization, maybe like, so maybe it's even a department if you, if you want yep. to look at it that way. Right. Yep. Um, how do they find their own mission and purpose and kind of plug it into mm. the, the greater overall mission? Mm, yeah. I was just getting into this with a client this morning. Um, I did a talk for us, a big international, like six different HQs and then bureaus around the world oh, and wow. people are all over, right? And they're like, um, how is it, you know, is it okay to have different cultures? And it's um, the answer broadly, I will say is yes and no. Uh, what you need to decide what will be the same and what can be different. So the purpose um, no matter what the organization is, it should apply across the board. Um, those values should be the same. How you deliver on those values might be different. Um, how you reward and recognize somebody in Berlin is going to be very different from how you reward and recognize somebody in Boston. Mm. And so to me, one of the most important things is to define or decide for yourselves what is going to be the same and what, where, what is the degree of freedom? Now, the next click down is how do you define it for yourself? Um, so I, what I would say is that it's not that the purpose doesn't define you, but it's a more specific version of that purpose, let's say. Um, so for example, a colleague of mine worked for a financial tech startup um, where the essentially the purpose was to make um, commerce easy. And she worked in HR and their purpose was to make, um, the make HR easy. And then their joke was to make crazy easy, but they were trying to, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, here's the principle, the whole goal, the, you know, it's like the, like the key thing here is make it easy. How do you make it easy, right? And there's yeah. all sorts of ways that they would define that. So I'm not going to sit here and define what easy means for them because it's mean for different for everybody. Sure. But how, what is the flavor of that for you? Not everybody, every group's workout is going to be the same. It's not the weather isn't going to be the same. Oh yeah, yeah, um, sure, sure. The the way that we you know we might have these discussions, the people and the subject matter that come up, very different. So as long as the sentiment. I think is there, uh, and there is some autonomy, and in in this case, you have a lot of autonomy built in. Um, as long as you understand the principles, then adjusting it and applying it more broadly is going to be, or or more specifically, I apologize, more specifically for that particular group. Mm -hmm. If it's you know the group in West Virginia, the group in um, in Bangor, Maine, the group in Kansas City, Kansas, whatever it might be, those people are different and they have their own culture and that is okay. And so to me, it's making sure there is an element that is connected to this national identity, but also enabling them to have their own identity as well. Yeah. And, and that is, you know, we, we often reference, and I don't know if St. Augustine or Augustine actually said it or not, but we often reference the Augustinian code, okay. of, uh, which educate is, me. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it's uh, in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. But in all things, charity. Right. Ooh. So good. that's pretty good, right? I mean, it's the first that. time I heard that, I was like, wow, that's pretty good. Yep. So, yep. you know, th- those there. things that we identify as absolutely essential, we will be unified. One way or another, we'll be unified on those things. And everything else, you give liberty to the, you yep. know, to, uh, well, maybe you do it this way, maybe I do it this way. But as long as it leads to the same essential, then we're good to go. And Beautiful. regardless of whether you choose to do it a different way than I do, then I will still show charity. I'll still show that love toward you because that's how we yep. got to live around here, right? Perfect. So we kind of, we kind of use that, but what about uh, you you surely in, in the years that you've done this and, and you identified and you've already hit on a a few of them uh, as far as like purpose and values and Mm -hmm. and, and some of those things you mentioned recognition and, -hmm. and but there's six components uh, that Mm -hmm. you talk about in your book, great Mondays, uh, which, uh, which you can find on the old Amazon if you're so inclined. Um, And uh, is there an audio book version? Heck yeah. Good, because I don't read. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> there's an audio book, there's a digital, you know, ebook, the whole yeah, thing. Perfect. Yeah. Good. Um, so that uh but but there's there's these six things that you identify in, in, in yep. your book Great Mondays. And and you mentioned a couple of them, but but just to sort of go through and, and help us understand, I think we get what purpose kind of mm-hmm. is uh, mm-hmm. and values. We kind of mm-hmm. touched on those, but you mentioned some other ones uh, that I don't know that I, I understand sure. fully how we could implement something like that or how a guy could implement something like this at work or whatever. Uh, recognition, rituals, cues, behaviors. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are those are a little bit different. So help me with some of those. Let's sure. start with behaviors. Well, so let, let me, I'll zoom or out. Or actually start second. wherever you want. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> why don't, why don't you start where you wrote the book? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So the problem with culture is that it, it is often ill-defined. And so when I got into this, I thought, okay, what is the definition? There's a lot of definitions out there. For me, the definition, what I propose and what I put out there is the cause and effect of every decision that you make. So that indicates that it is a, it is systemic and it influences others. This is how this the works. The cause and effect of every decision that you make as an organization? As an organization, as an individual within an organization, as a team within mm. an organization, as a business okay. unit within okay. an organization, right? Like, it. So it's all those things. So it's very simple, but it's it it belies a much comp- more complex idea. Okay, yeah. fine. So then what, right? That's the question that I, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. And what do we do about that? So I was able to develop a system of six components. uh, And in order to enable leaders at all levels to start to grasp the levers that they can pull to not to move from reacting Mm -hmm. to poor decisions to proacting to what I call designing. So the first three components, purpose, values, and behaviors, are the design phase. This is where, what's, pull out the map. Where are we? Where are we headed? How will we get there? Fantastic. You've identified that purpose. That's where we're headed. Values, these are little guardrails that are say they're going to take this route and this way. Behaviors, that is how we're going to get there. That's how we're defined. Behaviors, remember the one thing you want to take away, culture is about choices and behaviors. So the behaviors is how we define those. So that's how we design it. But just because you've identified where you're going on the map and how you're getting there doesn't mean you're there, right? Like that doesn't matter. Put the values up on the wall. 
it doesn't mean that it's going to happen. It just means. Well, but I put it in vinyl and it's on the break exactly. room wall. It's got to be. It's perfect. <laughs> Surely everyone believes in it now. Oh, the second half recognition, rituals, and cues are how we activate that. That's how we operationalize culture. Okay. And so recognition, everybody is familiar with, if I've not participated in like a rewards or recognition program. The problem with most recognition programs is that they reward the wrong thing. They are rewarding outputs. And when you reward outputs, then you are, uh, uh you are likely or potentially able to see people taking shortcuts. So when Wells Fargo I was demanded, just gonna <laughs> so Wells funny, Fargo yes. demanded that their bankers open up more accounts. Right. They don't and they they basically did not care how you got don't there. Don't care how you got there. That's when you get a scandal like the one that we saw a few years ago where all these bankers and I don't think they're bad people. I think they were under bad influence. Yeah. They were essentially socially pressured to do this and so they opened up false or unauthorized accounts. So yeah. that's when you when you when you say make more widgets, you're going to make the widgets faster, turn up the conveyor belt, but the quality is going to go down. Right. And then ultimately that doesn't, you know, that doesn't serve anybody. So what you need to reward are values-driven behaviors. What okay. are your values? What do they look like? Now, when Frank does a thing that serves that a particular value, someone, a peer or a leader, is going to say, hey, great job. You did this thing and it aligns with this value. And if you've selected your values correctly, it's going to get you the outcome that you want. You just can't take the shortcut. So that's the that's my kind of quick one-on-one on rewards and recognition. Now, there's a lot, lot more to it. It's There's a whole chapter on it in the book. I have a lot of opinions about this. I think it is an area ripe for reinvention. Hmm. You so mean uh, paperweights and, and watches uh, for rewarding longevity is not is not not going to cut it. Extrinsic that that's that's the section on extrinsic versus intrinsic motivation, which I'm sure yeah. you guys talk about a lot. Uh, quite a bit, yes, because there's very little extrinsic. Like if you think about what we do, right? The, the, you're not very you're extrinsically not doing, motivated. It's yep. negative ten. You know, yep. there's snow on the ground. Yep. Like exactly. why on earth? <laughs> so that's recognition. Okay, so if you're doing that then you're going to start pointing out the people that are acting in the way that you want people to act, the culture in that capacity. And other people will go, ooh, I want to be recognized. doesn't matter that it's a, not, it's a paperweight or a pat on the back or a coffee card, sure. but you want other people to see this is what is being positively rewarded. So that's rewards and recognition. Now, the next one, rituals. Rituals are the repeated activities that build and strengthen what we call the synapses of culture, which are relationships. I'll say it again, building and strengthening the synapses of culture, which are relationships. Mm. So this is a, this has been a problem since before the pandemic and is now a step change even greater of an issue. Relationships, remember we were talking about, um, cause and effect, cause and effect of choices. It is about how the, it is about what we act, how we act and how other people react 
and act because of that. And so when you have established a particular way of acting, you need to expose, be exposed to other people so that they also see that positive reinforcement that is succeeding, that particular behavior and choice is succeeding. So if you know, if you do not have a relationship with somebody um, or a team is isolated, they don't, they can't uh, uh, share what they know and they can't take on what others know. So the rule of thumb is that in work environment, people can tend to hold about 50 relationships. After that, it's okay. too much. And what happens is that they don't perceive the reward to be worth the effort. And you get what we all know as silos. And so silos probably are about 50 people. Sometimes they can be 10 people, but ultimately you're going to be fighting against sort of natural tendencies when you grow bigger than 50 people. Sure. Now, what we've learned in this pandemic is that when we work in a distributed environment, you are closer with your immediate team, but further from everybody else. And so in this, in, in the case yeah, cause of- Yeah, because you can't really have 100,000 people on a Zoom call together, right? <laughs> so, and even if you do, yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter. Right, so yeah. What you need to do is be able to establish, build and strengthen relationships before you need them, just like anything else. And you need to, the organization, any organization, now, because it no longer just happens because we happen to be in the same place and gathering around the water cooler, need to um, essentially either create and or sanction or encourage rituals to occur. Ways for people to connect in honest, authentic ways, which builds what we all need for a, a healthy work environment, which is um, psychological safety and trust. So, so you're talking about systematically creating some way for us to be able to to bond how we would have normally done it if we were just been in the same office together. Well, but even if we were no, even when we were in the same office, we didn't, it wasn't okay, very fair. good. Right. Fair. I wrote this before, even before the pandemic. Uh, that's true. So, okay. Yeah. Fair. And then I would say not some way, but some ways. You so need what does that look like? Ways. So <clears throat> the two extreme examples I will give you on the left, you have hashtag dogs. So if you share us, if you have a, some sort of communication device, like, or platform like Slack or teams, uh -huh. Right. Um, giving people an opportunity to connect over something that is not work related that they feel passionate about. So dogs, cats, babies, Dungeons and Dragons, off-road biking, whatever it might be. <laughs> Dungeon that, babies, whatever it might be. Yeah. Whatever it, <laughs> uh, babies that look like dogs, dogs no, they're, that look <laughs> like babies. So it's, and you have to, and essentially what you do is this is an opportunity to share something that you are passionate about and you get to know people. So that's a good example of, you know, how to open yourself up and connect with other people. On the way on the other side would be regular, and regular just means um, a uh, at a certain interval, and we can talk about what that interval is, regular gatherings, getting together. So organizations that are 100% distributed have figured out that they need to get everybody together, everybody from across the world together mm -hmm. once a year in order to spend some time a week together. Airbnb, Brian Chesky, the CEO of Airbnb just said, you can work from wherever oh, yeah. forever, yep. um, but your teams have to get together for a week every quarter, at least. And mm. so what we're looking at- And he's saying in of, person. In person. I yep. read that. Okay, good. Okay. 
So we're looking at kind of what is like a tidal flow for um, work, where it can be getting together at the office two days a week, or it can be every quarter, or it can be every year, twice a year, whatever that might be. So that's kind of the extremes of, you know, cheap, fast, quick, and, you know, is somewhat effective if you do it regularly, hashtag mm -hmm. dogs, or um, sales kickoff, uh, you know, everybody comes together and we all meet together in Anaheim for a week right. of intensive work together, whatever right. that might be. So those are, and, and there's all sorts of things in between, right? There's all sorts of ways that we can do this. And, and to me that that is going to be the essential challenge of the next decade is figuring out how to build and strengthen relationships before you need them. That is true. So it's uh, Covey talked about uh, making deposits in a man's, you know, emotional bank account uh, to be withdrawn later. Right. Yep. That's kind of the idea, huh? Yep. Well, that would be the relationship piece, right? Yeah, so that's what I mean, like if I come to you, if you don't know me from a hole in the wall and I'm like, Hey, I have this emergency. Can you get me this report? And you're like, the hell is this guy? Who? Yeah. I got a thing <laughs> to do. I don't know. But if we're friends, if we're colleagues, if yeah. we trust one another, if we've hashtag we dogged for a while. Yeah. If we've yeah. connected on the, on the, um, hashtag pup dates, uh, right. <laughs> Slack channel. And oh also gosh. we grabbed a beer at the last sales kickoff and right. we've connected on some other things, uh, our, you know, son's little leagues games or whatever. Right. Then when I come to you and say, Frank, I f***ed up, I need something from you. Are you able to help me out? And then you're like, hell yeah, dude, let me, yeah, let me get, let me, let me stay another 30 minutes and, and get this done for you. Right. Right. Okay. All right. So that makes sense. So, so in a, in a distributed model, uh, like uh, in a company, you, to your point, you know, the Airbnb says, Hey, everybody has to get together once a quarter, right. Or mm -hmm. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And in, in, um, in our case, maybe it's, you know, you have a, a convergence or something with other yep. regions around once, once a quarter or whatever it might be. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's something there you're going to see this with, um, co-working spaces like a WeWork. So if you're in the Southeast yeah. and it's like, okay, everybody, we're going to get together for a Southeast something or another. Right. So I don't know, is it a quick drive or a quick flight or is it, you know, what's the reason we're getting together? The default getting together is no longer the default. So you have to give people a reason to do it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> So let me get to the last, uh, yeah, the last okay. component, which is cues. So recognition and rituals and cues. So cues are reminders of why we're doing this in the first place. Um, reminders of what we're shooting for. They can be digital. They can be physical. They can be behavioral reminders of your purpose and your values or your team and your team goals and your personal goals. These are little cues, little moments that can be facilitated by um, a little sticky on the wall, uh, a desktop background, a way you're going to kick off your next meeting. Or when I introduce, you said you're getting together and you do a, you do a circle at the end. And so yeah. whoever's the leader is going to tell a quick story that yeah. reminds us of what we're doing together. These are ways because we're not going to remember we have where our lives are too busy. Um, and it is just unlikely that someone's going to be just, you know, unless you're even I, right. Uh, uh, like passionate about culture. Like I'm just like, there's, there's bills to pay. You got to get that shit done. So <laughs> you have to, you have to continue yeah. to provide these opportunities for people to remember what the values are to, 
um, reconnect, right? So how do you tap back in and get recharged with the culture? And it can be short-term goals or long-term goals, things that we're trying to shoot for. And that is such a powerful piece that a lot of organizations will miss or accidentally do it somewhat. But we need to be very thoughtful. Remember, this is about designing so that people yeah. are we're creating a system that is self-reinforcing. And so it needs to be done in a thoughtful way. That is super interesting. So uh, is there sort of a, a, a recommended cadence to something like that? Or is it, is it more, hey, let it happen organically or kind of what do you recommend there? Well, I mean, it, <clears throat> we're at different levels. So you know, it's, I used to, one of the things I used to um, talk about is then the, often the names of the conference rooms of, you know, in a particular mm. place mm -hmm. and that, you know, is what's the cadence of that. I don't know. It's like, whenever you show up or you go, <laughs> every time you walk in, I don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. So, right. or it could be, I'm going to, just going to do it at the beginning of every weekly stand-up meeting. Um, mm. or mm -hmm. then, you know, it's like, there are, again, many different kinds of cues in the book. I lay out four different kinds of cues on a two by two talking about the difference between ones that are organic and emergent ones that are, just, are, are essentially, um, codified by the company, the frequency it happens, the level it happens at. And so it's got your, that's what you need to do. And that's the challenge here is it needs to be systemic. It needs to be done. You know, you need, there's probably one at your desk that's you're going to see every day. And then there's going to be one that you see on the weekly or the monthly or the, when right. you connect with folks whatever it might be. Does something like a, you know, a president's letter or a CEO message or something like that, is that, does that kind of, can, can that be used in that way? Is that, is that an effective cue or? It, it, it could be, it depends on what's in the letter. If it's, uh, fair. you know, get back to work assholes, then it's the no, you know, <laughs> but if they, if, if they tell a story about how they yeah. got first got excited and engaged in this particular industry, then yeah, okay. of course, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. So that's a big, to me, that letter, that's only the vessel, right? That's a big bullhorn. And right. you can say all sorts of shit through that bullhorn. Uh, it could be whatever. So opportunity, yes, absolutely. It's something that's going out to everybody. It's really a matter of, of on what is it focused? Is it focused on the mission? Is it focused on the, as you said, the reason, the why that we're here in the first mm -hmm. place? Mm -hmm. And and um, man, so you can kind of see where so many, so, so many uh, companies have just lousy, <laughs> just lousy cultures. Like they might even be trying, you know, and, and I, I imagine that obviously the smaller the company, the easier it is to, you know, to, to turn that ship into a, a better direction. But yep. so when you think of a, a, a large organization um, that's maybe lost its way, do you have a, an example of, uh, you know, maybe client that you helped or, or something you've seen out there where you're like, man, we had to implement these things. And finally, these guys kind of turn themselves around and, and, uh, and, and, you know, righted the ship, if you will. Well, um, I would not, um, say that anybody's headed in necessarily the incorrect direction. Um, we uh, try fair. to find the, we try to find a good balance of, um, clients that are not so far off path that what we do will not help. That's not something that someone can come in from the outside. That's like new CEO material. But um, we do, you know, try to help organizations that are on the up and up. And one of the one of our um, type of clients we help are high growth technology firms. And the reason why is because they're moving so fast 
that they have this need to really make sure that they get this right. And so um, one of our technology clients, we started working on their values before they went public. And the reason why they invested in their values is because they knew they were going to be scaling. They had this, you know, these, this board of investors um, that were like, you got to double your employee size in, you know, over the next 18 months. And that is just can be that is total, that terrifying. Can be a, that can be a shit show. And so what you need to do is get those boundaries on. So values are the way to do it. And so when we work with them, um, one of the key um, ways, one of the key elements of what we work with with our clients is making sure we um, get, we work with culture ambassadors, a group of high potential employees who are nominated by the leaders. So it's not the leaders that are doing the work, but the leaders that are entrusting these people who are on the day to day. And the reason why I describe that and why we do this is because those people were able to, we were able to work with them to identify the values. And you know what happened when we launched the values, everybody went totally, that's us. Uh That's exactly us. That's what that, that is. That's right. And that is the difference between, you know, there's a difference between that and where it's just like lands with a with a thud of a dead fish where you're like, okay, whatever, I got shit to do. <laughs> right. And so yeah. that's really what you want is to be able to, for people to light up and go, that is helpful, that is useful. And you want people to start grabbing onto that. And so <clears throat> what we expect is when you hire with that particular client, right? you're looking for um, folks that resonate with your with your values. You say, "This is what we're doing. This is this mm-hmm. is how we're doing it." And I want you know, you know, people are like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I get it. I'm attracted to it." You manage by it. Have your your reviews essentially are are like, "Tell me how you're going to be delivering on this particular value," and then we'll talk about it in six months. So that's how you guide people, and then. Over time, people are just like that. Yep, that's it. That's what we're doing. That's our. That's the point. And they become little symbols. The values become little symbols for how we act and what is expected across the organization. Man, Josh, I'm going to tell you that, uh, and I say this a lot, but I I sometimes just say it because it's a nice thing to say, and sometimes I mean it a lot more. But um, like, because there's so much depth here that I feel like we could we could spend another hour, but unfortunately, our time runneth short. Um, mm-hmm. But I got to tell you the. Um, the things that, that I hear you saying, and, and I hope what, what guys will take out of this and what they'll really hear is number one, uh, by the book, Great Mondays, because it's all in there uh, and you can learn about how to do this. Uh, and and if, if need be, for crying out loud, if your organization, and I don't mean F3, I mean, uh, you know, if your company or something like that is in need of a, uh, a little... Um, uh, I don't want to say riding the ship because we don't want to say we anyone value wrong boost, ship, but a, a value culture, boost, there culture boost. Yes. There you go. Yeah. A little culture, culture, uh, nudge. Um, then uh, I want you to be able to get in touch with Josh as well, because the things that he's talking about, I mean, obviously so much of it aligns so perfectly with what we uh, already do. And I think that we could enhance ourselves a lot by some of the things that, uh, that, uh, that Josh teaches in, in that book. Um, and it, you know, the things that, that you do for the men that you serve, can't be and the decisions that you make can't be uh ivory tower type decisions you know it can't be that we say hey we the leadership have made you know we've decided this is how it is and now we're going to push it down into your face mm-hmm. and make you do it right and so champion can't ultimately you cannot make them do it right right even if especially for us but even if you were their boss you can't make them 
Like they'll, they'll subvert you if, if that's what they want to do, they'll find a way to sabotage it. Right. I mean, it's, it's just yep. the nature of people. So, um, super fascinating stuff, Josh, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me today, um, on the 43. I really appreciate it. And uh, I hope maybe, uh, you would consider coming back on at some point and uh, talking a little more in depth. Yeah, absolutely. And if your listeners want more information, there's a bunch of stuff I have at greatmondays.com. I'm also uh, always around on LinkedIn. You can look for AKA Josh Levine, um, the little lightning bolt. That's me. I'm happy to, uh, you know, chit chat about culture anytime. You can also email me directly. My inbox is open 24 seven, josh at greatmondays.com. Check it out. I definitely would love to hear from y'all. That is awesome. Hey, I was, I'm glad you said that. Cause I was just going to ask. So, um, Get in touch with Josh if, you, uh, if you're so inclined, and uh, maybe we'll hear from him again sometime soon. Josh Levine, thank you so much. Thank you. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Thanks for listening to the 43 Feet Podcast. If you like what you heard on the show, or if it's helped you in some way, we'd ask you to rate us, write a review, and share us with your friends and networks. It really does help others to find us. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com or tweet us at 43feetpodcast. The climb we're on to create virtuous leaders isn't going to be easy, but we'll get there 43 feet at a time. Hey,